Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous change makers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Men on Purpose podcast, where we celebrate men on purpose and we provide our listeners with wisdom and immediately actionable steps to be more purposeful, powerful, and positive in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Ian Lobos, and on today's episode, we welcome Hans Struzina from the Bay Area in California. And Hans is a really, really, really interesting and purposeful dude. U.S. Olympic athlete in 2016 for rowing. He's a partner in one of the largest real estate teams in the country. He does a ton of volume in real estate sales. He's a podcast host, a real estate investor, and a lot of other things that we're going to learn about in our time together today. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about Hans being in the Olympics, real estate sales and luxury in, in the San Francisco Bay Area, and real estate investing and passive income, and being purposeful in all those things, as well as his trajectory through. So Hans, welcome to Men on Purpose. And Ian, appreciate you having me on. It's a very, it was a very kind intro. <laughs> Thanks, man. So let's, let's just get rolling. I think whenever anybody hears Olympic athlete, I know myself included, I want to know how'd you do that? Because it's a, it's a rare breed. Let's start with our purposeful conversation about your purposeful nature in becoming an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Well, the adage of how do you eat an, eat an elephant one bite at a time is really true in my journey. Like I, I started rowing at 14 years old, took it as a family thing to do during the summer. Like we took private lessons down in Lake Sammamish and uh, that's in the Seattle, Washington area and really just thought it was kind of a cool sport and joined the rec team, joined the Falls competitive team and just frankly from then on kept going and and the one bite analogy is, you know, I just kept going to the next step. So it was, you know, try to make the, the JV boat and then try and make the varsity boat and then try and get recruited to college and then make the varsity boat in college. And it was just sort of the next thing. And I always was one of these people who, who felt like there was greatness somewhere buried deep inside. I grew late. I sort of had a, self, a lot of self-esteem issues growing up like many of us did, but I knew there was something down there. And I was always just looking like, where's that thing? Where's the next thing? And in that pursuit of that immediate next thing, it just so happened that that finish line was actually at the Olympics. And I just kept going. Yeah. So let's back up there for a second. And, and I want to, I was trying to imagine what the audience is thinking and what they want to know when they're listening. So if I were listening, I want to know what if when you get to that next phase, the obstacles are so big, you don't know how you're going to get through it. Well, that's part of growth, right? It's like if you're not coming up against a wall or an obstacle that you can't immediately overcome, then you're probably pushing your limit, which is a good thing. Right. Now, you know, there are certain limits that you aren't going to overcome. Like there are certain just genetic things in, in when we're talking sports that you might just not be tall enough for something or you not, might not be able to jump high enough or you might not have the lung capacity. Like whatever it is, like you can't overcome some of those things. But 
by and large, you know, the hard work and the dedication and the goal setting really can move you through a lot of that stuff up into the point where, you know, maybe you get to an Olympic level and then you're talking about the top 0.1% in a right. very narrow field. Yeah. So you, you mentioned something about goal setting. Now I know you from a couple other podcasts that I used to be a part of and goal setting is big for you, right? Mm-hmm. Has it Absolutely. Always, I always have that even when you were a kid? Less so when I was a kid. The big moment of shift in my goal setting mindset was in college. I had a coach uh, who said actually very casually and in passing to me one day, it's not a goal unless it's written down. Hmm. And that completely changed my mind around goal and goal setting and frankly, my relationship with them. Because you know, at one point it was just like, I'd love to go to the University of Washington in a row, but it wasn't written down anywhere. It was like an intention, but it was in my head. So then I started writing stuff down and I literally took a, just a word document, one page bullet list, slap it up on my wall in my bedroom. And that was my goal setting. And the thing that I realized at the end of the first year, when I did that is I had checked off every single goal Mm. because I had sort of engaged with it physically every single day without even really, frankly, realizing it. It's not, I wasn't being intentional on it. So then I was like, what if I got a little more intentional with how I set these and how I engage with them every day? And from there, it sort of evolved into, you know, journaling, reading them regularly every, at least once a day, you know, doing affirmations. And then it just sort of took off to a new form from there. Got it. So let's imagine that someone's listening to this who says, I keep hearing about goal setting and journaling and affirmations and all these things where can someone get started? How easy is it to just get started? And I mean, you just explained it, but I want you to break it down. What's one step that someone can do who says, that's a lot of work. I don't want to get into all that and then have that tie up more of my time. I got a full-time job and I got kids. What can someone Mm -hmm. do just to get started right away? Well, frankly, it's, it's just writing something down because it could be literally a blank piece of paper or even a post-it note that you just take a pen and you write down, I want blah and finish that sentence and put it and just put it somewhere. Like it literally could be on your mirror, on your bedside table, just so it's around and it's not in your head anymore. Cause that physical act from going from your head or your thoughts or the hypothetical to a physical thing on a piece of paper or a word document, it changes your relationship with that goal. You start to think about it differently. You look at it differently. Like obviously you physically look at it, but then you sort of on a day-to-day basis engage with it differently. So that's just write something down. It doesn't even matter if it's the right goal or you like it or you don't just, just get it out of your head and put it on a piece of paper. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's progress over perfection, right? It's, it doesn't have to 100%. be exactly what you, you, you think you want. It's just that moment in time. You're just locking it in. What's it called? The um, reticular activation system or activating system? Oh, right? yeah. The RAS. So that's the, sort of the unconscious radar scanning for you when you're not paying attention. It's like when you go to test drive a car after that, your RAS is kicked in and you see that car everywhere. Meanwhile, that car was always everywhere around you. Now you're just more keyed in. That's what goal setting does for you in affirmations is it keys the brain in to that path for that goal versus just kind of a path by default. It's more purposeful, right? Right. And to your point, like someone's looking at, you know, like a Hal Elrod, for example, in the miracle morning and you wake up an hour early and you do all these things like, and that's a really fantastic book, you know, miracle morning. It's a great concept, but you know, 
to go jump straight into the deep end a lot yeah. of the time is overwhelming, especially when you've got kids and a life and all that other stuff. So like I said, with my rowing career, what's the first step that I can take or what's the very next thing? It's like, okay, well, start writing something down. And then that may take, you may do that for a couple of weeks or a month. And then you're like, okay, I fit this in. Now I can, you know, meditate or now I can, you know, whatever, whatever the next thing is yeah. that's obvious for you. But like that start and, and not worrying about getting to a hundred percent, like just go to 1%. Yeah, I love that. And I want to talk a little bit about discipline because I think there are people, myself, you know, my, my previous self included, who would say, you're an Olympic athlete. You have a level of discipline that most people don't have, or you've taught yourself this level of discipline. Mm -hmm. I want you to talk about the difference between being rigid and disciplined and free flow and disciplined. Yeah. You know it's what funny. I mean? I just, <laughs> totally. I just actually reference that in my, in my newsletter, I just sent out to my people this morning, Yeah, but it's, everyone's got a different style and I am a hundred percent convinced that there's like a million ways to skin a cat, but, yep. but it starts with knowing yourself. Like yep. there's a time and a place for rigidity. Like I, when I was training and I was doing literally nothing else, but train twice a day and sleep and eat and, you know, do 6,000 calories. Like I had to be pretty rigid on that schedule. Sure. But, you know, there's also a moment like what we're in right now with this COVID crisis where you have to be willing to be flexible, right. you know, so I used to like wake up at 5.30 in the morning, do my smoothie, do my affirmations, do all that stuff, you know, get out for a workout and then go to the office for our meeting. And then I'd see clients and I'd do this and that and the next thing. And it was very scheduled and every day was sort of that way. And then COVID hit, we have to stay inside not only is my whole day totally changed, but now my motivation is like shot to hell. Frankly. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so what I, I actually got this piece of advice from a Mark Manson newsletter because I, I really enjoy his stuff. But he talked about in one of them about how routine is new, your, your, new, your new deity, your new God essentially in COVID. And that got me thinking like, okay, now I've got this, this concept that routine is something great. And, and he meant it in a way of like, do like three things a day that are positive and move you forward. And yeah. then don't worry about the rest. And so for me, what I did is I actually created a daily power list, which I put a maximum of three things on. If I check those three things off for the day and it can, I lo I'm looking at it right now, it's like create a structure for offloading listings to younger agents on our team, look for a transcription software and finish a YouTube video that I'm working on. And once those three things are checked off, I've given myself permission to be done for the day. Yeah, I love that. Now, oftentimes I keep going, of course, because sometimes it's like a really short list and it's fine, but I've accomplished three things that have moved me and my business forward and it's totally changed my structure. Seven weeks ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. I'm never going to do anything with that. It's actually amazing when I've sort of been less rigid and focused in on that, I've gotten way more done in the seven weeks than I have the previous like 12 months. It's crazy. Yeah, it is very interesting. I've seen I mean, I, I don't know when this episode's going to air, but everybody's going to know COVID, even if this is a month from now. It's yep. interesting because I meet a ton of people that are either just failing their butts off and just suffering through this thing, or they have picked up a serious amount of pace in their everyday being or doing. Yep. And, you know, like right before this thing hit, I said to my wife, something's up. I don't know what it is. This is the perfect time to start a new business. 
we wound up starting two new businesses and I'm very busy and I adopt that same principle of there are certain things I need to do this week, this month, this quarter. I'm going to break them down by the day and I get these things done. I'm done. Like I mm-hmm. usually keep working because I'm building two new businesses and this new podcast and all these things. That's the best way. And then you have, you have flow in that discipline and rigidity so that you can actually move with it as things happen. There are people whose lives, I want you to talk about this for a second. There are people, and you know agents like this, and you know business people like this, their lives are being in that business or being that professional person, and they are crushed Mm -hmm. when they can't go out and show homes or list homes. Mm -hmm. Do you experience anybody like that? Yeah, man. It's the old who moved my cheese fallacy, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's I like, forgot about it's, that book. yeah, it's such a simple like children's book, but it's so powerful. I love it. But basically, you're right. Like when you tie your identity to a business or to an outcome related to a business, or it could be a role like being even being a parent or something, you have this, this relationship with it that you identify with it. It's you, you're it. That's it. Like, that's what I was when I was in the Olympics. Like did nothing else other than row. And that's who I was. And I had to untangle my relationship with what my old identity was in order to move forward into real estate and into podcasting and into being a husband now to my wife that we got married almost a year ago now. And you know, it's like that entanglement is critical. And I, I think it starts with sort of the being critical and intentional with the things you do on a daily basis. Yeah. And a power list like what I've described and what you just described are a great way to do that because it sort of separates some of those things. It's like I do these things, but they're not necessarily my life. And I don't sort of, I sort of have a separation with them as well as being very productive. Yeah. There's not identity and meaning and outcome tied to all of them. That's how you free yourself where you can do your thing, but also separate from it. Be on vacation, you know, at night, not checking your phone all the time. I I love that. Well, listen, we're going to have to take a quick break. So I want to thank all the listeners out there who are downloading and rating and reviewing our awesome show. We, We actually have tens of thousands of downloads from all over the world. And we're now downloaded in over 97 countries. This week, I actually want to shout out to our listeners in the US, specifically in my home state for right now, Maryland. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. Also want to let everybody know that our first personal performance mastery program was a huge hit and actually sold out already. So we're, uh, we're starting another program launching now actually in one week. So for those of you who are interested in finding out more, you can go to mentalpurposepodcast.com to get all the details. And we're going to be right back with Hans Struzina. The Men on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Personal Performance Mastery Coaching and Consulting. Guys, are you struggling with fulfillment, reaching your fullest potential, depth of your relationships, or just can't stop dreaming about what your life would be like at the next level? Men from all over the world are making the commitment to personal performance mastery and living the life of their dreams. If you are ready to share authentically, dream vividly, and live purposefully, be decisive. Take action by going to menonpurposepodcast.com and click on the personal performance mastery icon to apply for your discovery session today. Time isn't slowing down. Stop living by default and expecting that one day it will be better. It's time to live life on purpose and make the most out of every single moment. 
Men on Purpose live up to their fullest potential, feel fulfillment in every area of their lives, have deeper relationships, make the most of their moments, and never have regrets. To apply for a discovery call today, go to menonpurposepodcast.com. All right, everybody, we are back with Hans Strazina, our guest today, talking about everything from scheduling to goal setting, Olympics. Now we're going to talk about real estate, high-end real estate, sales, and we're going to talk about passive income from real estate investing, something that I know very well as well. But first, I want to remind you, you can go to mentalpurposepodcast.com forward slash Hans Struzina, and I'll spell that for you, H-A-N-S-S-E-R-U-Z-Y-N-A, mentalpurposepodcast.com forward slash Hans Struzina. Find out everything about Hans, where he lives, his, his social media stuff, literally everything you want. So, also remember, it's also in the show notes. So you can, you can check out anything you want to know in the show notes or mentalpurposepodcast.com. So Hans, let's jump into this. You are, you're in a really high-end market, maybe one of the highest-end markets in the country and probably the top 10 in the world, the, the, the San Francisco Bay Area, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so I want to talk about that. Obviously, we talked about you're an Olympian and you're not that old. You're 30, right? 31. 31. I just turned 31, actually, right, right wow. during the COVID crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yep. So um, how did you get into real estate and then how did you, how did you become a part of and a partner in this huge team? That's, is it Wall Street Journal top 100 teams? Yeah, since 2011, we've been on that list. So we, in another, a bunch of other real estate specific accolades, which is super cool to put on a resume. Yeah. And basically what happened is after the Olympics, I came home, I uh, was really trying to decide what to do with my life because I knew I was going to take about a year off of training full time. And real estate was just sort of an obvious place to go. I had spent a lot of time reading about real estate, listening to podcasts, um, knew that was the direction I wanted to go. And basically got an opportunity to join a team that was based in Southern California as a satellite office in Northern California, in the Bay Area specifically. Got Got offered that opportunity, spent about 18 months with them and just cut my teeth, man. Like short sales, like just muscled some deals through because I didn't know any better. Did a lot of cold calling, door knocking, you name it. Um, Just trying to get business in the door. Did pretty well my first year. And then halfway through my second year was basically running an entire office, but not getting paid except for commissions that I was bringing in. And it just started to burn me out pretty hard. Um, So another opportunity came along through some mutual connections, long story short, rowing connection. The team leader's son is a rower and me and my wife are rowers. So they like everyone in the rowing world needs to know each other, obviously. (laughs) So we connected that way. And a month or so after that meeting, I reached out and was like, hey, I think I can bring a lot of value to you guys, to your team, to uh, your community, blah, blah, blah. They thought that was interesting. They had me in for a couple rounds of interviews and they said, sure, let's, let's come in. And I came in as a buyer's agent. And then my second year with the team sold 20 million, which puts me, I guess, in the right close to like top one and a half percent, not quite in the top 1% yeah. in my geography. Yep. And then from there, it's just, you know, been given more opportunities as you perform and as you step up, you, you get a little bit more and a little bit more and that's where I'm at today. I love that. 
Look, 20 million is no joke. Now you're selling in a really high end market. 20 mil is still no joke. What is that like? Are you right? You it was 10 properties, 12. It was 15. I had a few lower properties, but you would you would probably not like me saying that they're lower properties because they're <laughs> you know 400 or 700 thousand is, right. is kind of a low end for us. But the transaction volume is a lot different. It's you know on a on a per side basis, you know you're only seeing you know, a couple hundred properties in a city at any one time. So it's a relatively yeah. small number of transactions that a, a relatively small number of agents do. And so the goal obviously is then to get in the flow with those top couple percent. And that's that strategically is what I tried to do when I realized that the first group wasn't working. I needed to find the, the best and the baddest people I could and sure. get in their slipstream. And, and here we are. Did you learn that from being a, a professional athlete, Olympic athlete? I mean, how come you didn't just start your own thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm a coachable guy. I'm a team guy. I'm always somebody who wanted to go and, and help the team, learn from the team, be part of the team. That's what rowing is. is a serious, you're literally in the same boat as one another. Right. So it's, it's <laughs> right. a team sport, truly. And, you know, that was always just my mentality is I... I'm a sponge. I can learn it. I can put it to work and I can, and I can digest it and then spit it back out at you with maybe a little twist on it. And that was my value add. And they, they saw that and they recognized that. So I, I just knew that if I got on their team, I learned their ways. I could do a lot with that and just slingshot myself and, and whether or not I start my own team or move up in this team is sort of irrelevant, but like I knew I needed to learn first and then I could I could get out there and, and do my thing, whatever that means. Yeah, super purposeful of you. You know, it's funny, I, and I've been in real estate sales for eight years, and, and really our coaching business and our podcasting has taken that over. However, when younger agents, whether on uh, obviously wanted to join my team or other agents would come to me and say, give me some great advice, I'd say, join a team and fail as hard and as fast as you possibly can because someone else is footing the bill and will there is major acceleration for your growth yep. process. You feel the same way? Oh, 100%. Like yeah. everyone gets hung up on a split, like giving up a no. bunch of commission or something. It's like, yo, that person is taking a ton of risk on you. They're paying yeah. for all the technology, all the back end, all the systems. They're giving you leads and they don't get paid until you actually close something. Right. So like go take that as free education and the opportunity that it is and then just get after it. Like, you know, if they tell you to do something, go do it, tell them you did it and it didn't work or it did work. And here's what you think. And like, they're going to want to pour into you even more. Like I remember one specific time, my a team leader was doing a contract class. We would go through the contract. We'd talk about nuances and negotiating strategies. I got a buyer for one of his listings and I used it on him and he didn't even realize I was using it on him until after nice. he accepted the offer. And then he's like, oh, you do learn fast. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh yeah. And I just used it on you. And he's like, I didn't even realize he did that. So, but he loved it because he was like, you're actually doing what I'm telling you to do and you're yeah. doing it successfully. So like, what, this is awesome. Let's keep doing it. That's a, that's a great point you bring up, especially on a show like this where we're talking about being on purpose, like being purposeful with your learning, with your growth, with your coachability, the questions you ask. I mean, the agents that I knew were going to go quickly off my team were the ones who said, I got it. I'll figure it out. The agents that said, 
I want to ask you a couple questions and then I'll figure it out were the ones that I knew would be really successful because they're taking yeah. their initiative and your, it's funny. I just, I just did an episode with my dad of this podcast and, and, and he, he always said to me, son, you can learn from my mistakes or yours. Mine are less expensive because I've already learned them and they've already cost me something. So it's the same thing with, you know, being purposeful with being on a team. Look, the real estate business is going to change after this. It is period. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, whether you wrestle it around with it or not, it's changing. And big teams will take more market share. And those agents, and tell me what do you think, those agents that were kind of single doing their thing, kind of coasting around, there's not much market share for you left. And you're going to have to adopt this purposeful mentality. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that you, know, you need to think the sky is falling and no, your whole no. livelihood is screwed. But it, but you're right. Like the, the environment is going to change and that's true for real estate. That's true for podcasting. And that's true for every right. sales, every, literally everything online marketing, like shoot, I mean, office space, we might not eat big box stores. Those might be gone in six months, frankly, yeah. because we're all online right now. Right. So, you know, getting in the slipstream of, like you said, people who've learned that lesson before, whether you hire a coach, you get on someone's team, you get a mentor, you get a whatever, um, read a book for crying out loud. Right. It's like getting that knowledge and trying to condense time like that. That's something that took me a really long time to understand. And now I see the value of it. I, I like I said, I just turned 31. You know, I know I'm not going to live forever. I've got a longer runway for sure. But I'm realizing like if I can take you know, 10 years of experience or even a couple years of experience and squish them into a month. Like I'm going to just have so much more time to then apply those lessons and obviously then make more money and then put that to work. So I get compounding interest on knowledge, money, all of it. And so that's being intentional. Like think about time as your asset and then money and skills and all of that as the tool to, to leverage it. Yep. I really like the way you put that. And, and I love that you use slipstream because that's, I mean, that's, that's your knowledge and your vocabulary from being on the water. I grew up as a, a professional swimmer, for lack of a better word. And that's right. what we use is when we, were, when we were drafting each other in the lanes, we would use slipstream. That's really, I love that. Yeah. So let's talk real quick about being on purpose with, you know, we, we could talk for hours about real estate, but I want to talk about real estate investing and being on purpose with investing passive income specifically because a time like this where the world literally stops on its axis and starts to move in different ways, the way you knew things isn't there anymore. You have passive income. I have passive income. That's something that like, you know, when my wife and I were thinking about, it, I was like, look, if, if, you know, some stuff really goes down I mean, we've got bills covered at least by mm-hmm. some investments, what's your strategy? How are you purposeful with, with investing in real estate? Yeah. So like I said, we, my wife and I got her on, on this train fairly early in our relationship as well. Um, as far as real estate investing goes, we listened to a lot of podcasts. We, we built our own little spreadsheet. We really tried to understand the metrics and the numbers that drove those decisions before we made an investment. So that was purpose. Number one was, was understand the metrics that drive it. Then when it was actually time to get out in the shop, 
gosh, I can bring I'm a shout out Brandon Turner at Bigger Pockets because yeah. he always talks about this. But he said, get off your butt or, or turn off. He didn't say get up because he's like, if you're lying in bed watching Netflix, like underwrite some real estate deals before you turn Netflix on. Yeah. And the night that we found our first deal, we literally turned Netflix off. We were about to watch something. We're like, let's just do five properties. Like the third property is the one that we found and we ended up buying as our very first one because it was such a screaming deal. And then from then on, we were just like, you know, like we got to commit to this and run a bunch of stuff through this funnel that we've created, see what comes out the other side. Yeah. And then once it's time, time to buy it, go all in on, on those decisions. But but yeah, it's it's getting the education, number one, and then deciding what you want your outcome to be, which is cash flow for us, and then deciding what metrics you're gonna look at. So cash flow per door, you know, cash on cash return, a cap rate. There's tons of different ways to analyze the deals. And what you decide is totally up to your goals. But then once you've decided on it, like commit to it go on, even if it's Zillow and Redfin and run property numbers and estimate rents and just become obsessed with that thing and then start to go walk properties and talk to lenders and like take those actionable steps to actually make it happen. And then, you know, once you find the right thing, don't be afraid to write the offer on it and and close and start putting renters in it. That's right. Yeah. Super valuable info. Well, look, man, we are at the end of our time together. I want to thank Hans for bringing so much value to today's episode. And I, I really enjoy this combo. We're going to have to do this again and, and do like a second 30 minutes. Maybe we'll put on the YouTube channel. Right on. So remember, if you want to find out more about Hans, you can go to uh, menonpurposepodcast.com forward slash Hans Truzina, S-T-R-U-Z-Y-N-A. Again, Hans Struzina, S-T-R-U-Z-Y-N-A. And listen, for all of our listeners, I, I really appreciate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm your new host and I, I thank you. I'm getting emails and texts and private messages about what people are enjoying about the show. I love feedback in any capacity on how we can make the show even better. And so I really just want to thank you for tuning in. I mean, obviously my mission is to educate, elevate, and enrich as many men as possible to truly live their best life possible. And so if you found today's episode with everything that Hans talked about from the Olympics to real estate investing and working for people and being purposeful with your learning and you know being coachable, share it out there. Tell a friend, listen to it. This is how we all learn. Hans made mistakes and came and brought his, what do you think, concentrated information to us and you can go share it out. So again, thanks for watching. We appreciate you. Visit mentalpurposepodcast.com for all the information. Again, you can find all you need to know in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests are becoming a man on purpose. Visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.